friends, a number of uh, years ago when I was <clears throat> working a lot in youth ministry, I came across this thing called uh, Catholic aerobics. And uh, I thought it was kind of fun, and so I introduced it to the student retreats here. It's really meant probably for junior high kids, but they kind of humor, they humor me and let me sort of do it. And all it is is somebody just compiled sort of all the gestures of what we do uh, as Catholics. You know, people come in and they're visitors. They say, what, what are you doing? You look like a third base coach in baseball. You're making all these kind of movements. And so they, they just sort of compiled from the minute you walk in the door to the minute you leave all the things that we do, you know. And so the first time you sort of read it rather slowly, you know, walk into church, bow, you know, sign of the cross, stand, sit, stand, sit, kneel, you know, all this. You go through the whole thing and you, you run down. Everybody acts it out. But then each time you, you speed it up, okay? So by the third time, all you're saying is the one word actions really fast, you know, stand, sit, stand, sit, stand, sit, kneel, you know, all the way through. So it serves as like we do it in the morning. They still let me do it. Every year there's like this big fight over whether we should get rid of Father Jeremy's Catholic aerobics or not. And it's, it's a really contentious debate, but they still let me do it. But it's a way of waking people up in the morning and I use it to teach them um, this lesson. I at least say this lesson. I don't think they listen, but I say this, which is that we have this acute sense as Catholics that we worship with our bodies. That we worship with our bodies. That we're not angels. We do not worship as pure spirits. We worship as embodied spirits. And therefore, what we do with our body, the movements of our body, are meant to express the movements of the interior of the soul. Now, I thought we could maybe do this together this morning. Are you guys up for this? I mean, after Thanksgiving, a little exercise in church? They didn't want to do it at the 4.30 last night either. I can't imagine. No, but I, I think that's an important lesson. And, you know, we didn't make this up, of course. The Gospels are filled with people praying with their bodies. Um... You know, just a couple that came to mind, and it's the wise men that prostrate themselves uh, before the newborn king, lay down on the ground, right, as a sign of this complete, um, complete submission, right? Um, Peter, remember one time Peter encounters Jesus, and he, he puts his head down, and he beats his chest, symbolic of the heart, as a sign that he doesn't even deserve to stand uh, in the presence of Jesus, a sign of repentance, right? A lot of these we act out in our own way, uh, in the Catholic Mass. And so we worship uh, as Catholics uh, with our body. I thought of, of Catholic aerobics in, with one line in the Gospel today. Jesus is talking about how, kind of painting this pretty dire, terrifying picture of what the end might look like. And he's, you know, he's talking about everything falling apart around us. But then he says, while all this is going on, he says, stand erect, and keep your head high. Stand up straight and keep your head up because your redemption is at hand. Now, I don't think Jesus is talking about necessarily our physical posture, but our physical posture as a symbol of a posture of strength, a posture of confidence, that while everything appears to be falling apart around us, as he's describing, or as we can imagine it in our own lives, where the sky seems to be falling in, everything seems to be going wrong globally and, and 
personally for me and all these sorts of things. Stand up straight with your head held high because you know what? Jesus is there. I think what Jesus is trying to say is, for the believer, we should never be slouched over. We should never be in a posture of being hunched over, a defeatist uh, kind of posture, because we already know the end of the story. right? We know that Jesus is with us no matter how terrifying the things that are happening in the world or the things that happening, are happening in our lives. There is no reason to be hunched over because we can stand up from a posture of strength and confidence because Jesus is with us. And so he says, stand erect with your heads held high because your redemption is at hand. I'm with you. and There's no reason to be hunched over. And so maybe a reflection this Advent for us is, am I spiritually slouched over, hunched over? Do I feel defeated? Do I feel like I've lost hope? Right? Am I despairing? Do I feel like I'm just always looking down spiritually at the ground with my head buried in the sand? Or do I have a sense of confidence in the Redeemer, in my Savior, that no matter what befalls me, in hope and in courage and in strength, I can take it on with His grace? That's a posture of strength and a posture of confidence. I was thinking, too, of the standard kind of traditional reflection in Advent has always been that uh, we sort of straddle the past and the future in the present. So we look backwards in history towards Jesus' first coming at Christmas. We look forward uh, to his second coming at the end of time. And then we stand in the middle in Jesus' little Advents, all the ways he comes to us through the power of his spirit and through his church in the present. And so we kind of, in the present, straddle the past and the future. Uh, and our readings really, pretty much every Sunday, but this Sunday kind of give us that feeling too, that we look back to the first coming, we look forward to the second coming, and then we focus on the ways he wants to encounter us today. And I was thinking just about that same posture, that only when you're standing up straight with your head up straight can you actually effectively look back. Can you actually only effectively look forward? And can you actually look effectively around in a 360-degree perspective only if your head is held high? Right? If your head's buried, when you turn around, you simply see the ground. You, if your head's buried in the sand, you can't look around and see what's going on in the present. And when your head's buried in the sand, you can't look forward right, with, with, with any sense of the future. So that posture is also meant to help us to enter into that because looking backwards is a huge part of our spiritual growth, not just in remembering the past uh, event of Jesus' birth, but also looking back with an honesty about our past and how we're going to change to make sure that that's not predictive of the future. I think one of the biggest mistakes we make spiritually is to think that unless that if we don't change anything, that our past will not be indicative of what we'll do in the future. It certainly will be. Right? We say that, uh, I don't know who coined that phrase, right? That the one who doesn't know history is doomed to repeat it. Right? That's true not just uh, politically, probably. That's true personally. Right? And it's not some kind of like guilty, constantly dwelling on the mistakes of our past. That's not helpful. But it's an honest assessment of where we've been in order to help us to know where we are now and where we need to go. So looking back toward Christmas, but 
Also, our own personal past is helpful for our spiritual growth. Looking around in the present, again, with the ability with our head held high to look with 360 degrees allows us to see everything going on. Right? If our, I, I feel like we spend a lot of our life with our head buried in the sand, looking down. I look down at my devices all the time. I have this terrible, I, have you ever felt this temptation to look down when you're about to pass another person on the street? I, I felt this the other day, and I was like, what is wrong with me? Like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm walking, I'm seeing a person coming at me, um, and instead of looking at them in the eyes, possibly uh, acknowledging, saying something to them, I put my head down. And I was thinking, what, why do I do that? That's messed up. Like, why would I not want to see their face? Um, even if I don't say hi to them, why would I not want to see their face? The face being the, the great vehicle of, of, I think, God's presence, right? And, and the revelation of the other person. Like, what am I putting my head down for? Or how about, here's another one, how about in the elevator, right? Here, the elevator to me is the, the, probably the most awkward 40 seconds of our lives, right? But everybody puts their heads down, right? And I really try to fight that, and usually I try to say something, but usually it makes the situation a lot worse, right? And more awkward. And so I've learned I should just put my head down uh, on the elevator and not speak to anyone, Jeremy. Not make matters worse for everyone else. But we do. We we have we have our heads down. Ohio State had their heads down for three hours yesterday <laughs> in the in the in the sand. That makes me very angry. But I I do want to congratulate Michigan people. It's been a long run, and uh, I actually was really happy for all of you yesterday. And I, I didn't ever think I could say that. So I feel like I've reached probably the pinnacle of my existence when, when I'm, I probably can't go up at all from here, but I want, I'm happy for Michigan people. I was even happy for John Harbaugh, uh, or Jim Harbaugh, not John. Actually, John's coaching against the Browns tech, so I don't want him to win. Um, anyway, this is a bad rant. Um, the point is, I think we, we spend a lot of our lives with our heads down, and the key spiritually in the present is to be able to keep our heads up so we can see with a kind of awareness, kind of clarity, what's going on around us, to see other people and to see God's promise uh, in the present. And of course, we have to keep our heads up to look with a kind of clarity to the future, right? Not just spiritually in Advent to Jesus' second coming and anticipating that, right? We prayed in the, the blessing, the Advent wreath, come quickly and do not delay. Jesus, when it's your time, come back and we look forward to that. I don't think we spend too much time thinking about when that's going to come. Jesus tells us he doesn't even know in his human nature the hour, and so we don't spend a ton of time on that, but we anticipate that. And he says there are signs and so on. But also just in terms of our spiritual and moral growth, right? We have to plan. We have to be a visionary. We have to set goals. We have to look forward. And the only way we can do that is if we're standing up straight, right, with our heads held high, looking clearly at our past, where we've been, where we are in the present, and where we need to go in the future. And that takes an honest assessment uh, of where we've been and where we are. So, friends, I think... Um, just that image, that physical posture that Jesus says, which is not really about the posture, 
right? It's about a kind of way of, of seeing oneself, a way of feeling uh, about uh, our belief in God. And then it puts us in this, this posture and, and way of, of strength. I was thinking, in conclusion, I was thinking of, uh, I was rereading or re-listening to 1984 recently, uh, the great dystopian novel by George Orwell. I don't know why I was rereading it. I was just in a dystopian mood for some reason. And I was listening to it, and a line stood out to me, uh, actually, this week, uh, that I'd never really thought about before, but uh, uh, Winston, the main character, says that the one who controls uh, the past controls the future, and the one who controls the present controls the past. And of course, he's talking about, in the book, uh, he's talking about how an authoritarian regime uh, if they can manipulate what's going on in the past, can use it in the present and in the future to serve uh, their own sort of ideological advantages and ends. But I was thinking of it in terms of, of this advent, which is, is we don't have to worry about who's in control of the past, the future, or the present. It's Jesus. Like, Jesus is in control of the past. He's already visited us in the past at Christmas. That's what we are going to celebrate. That's what we prepare for. He's already promised what he's going to do in the future. At the end, he's already told us. We don't know the exact details, but he said, I'm going to come and, 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 and consummate all of history and myself at the end. And he promises us and guarantees for us that he's present with us in the moment. That he comes to us in a variety and myriad of ways now. And so, in a certain sense, we don't have to worry who controls the future, the past, and the present, because ultimately it's Jesus the King, right, to use last weekend's feast. And so, friends, I think we should approach this Advent with our, uh, our heads held high, standing up straight, right, not because there's not terrifying things going on in the world. There are. Not because there's not terrible things going on in our personal lives. There are but precisely because we worship one who has told us that he's there, that he's already visited us in the past, in the person of Jesus, that he's already promised to be with us, holding our hand in the future, and that he promises to be with us in the midst of what's going on now. So I think we can have our heads held high, that we can stand up straight. We don't have to play Catholic aerobics right, this morning. But our posture, our way of thinking about our faith can prepare us to take on the world knowing that Jesus has been with us before. He will be with us in the future. And he is with us.